This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For all NBA NBA Warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. What up, guys? It's Matt and Justin. You're tuned into Golden Spaces and Odyssey Original Podcast. And we're not as lively as tonight because Justin's a little disappointed about his. It's a parlay, right? Expose me, yeah. 24 legs hit 22 out of 24. Needed one more clay assist, one more Draymond assist, and it would have been a nice little payday there. But okay. I don't know what most of that language means, but I know that you have to hit a number of things and you missed like that, missed out on like two things. Well, you missed out, but the players like Dre was short one assist, and what was the other one? And clay was short one assist. Yeah, so pretty much. Wow. How many assists did Clay's need? He only needed two assists. <laughs> he literally, <laughs> and, I, and I specifically remember a play where he dropped it off to Looney, and Looney missed the first rebound, got the rebound, missed the first shot, got the rebound back, and laid it in. And I'm like, bro, he needed you to make the first one, my guy. Yeah, uh, one play to get two assists is sometimes like. Ah! That's what I'm saying. That was a little dicey. And it was one of those things. I needed Laurie Markkinen to not score 25 points, and he finished with 24. I was like, oh, this is destined. This is this is going to hit. And oh, just, man. <laughs> and it didn't hit. The basketball gods or gambling gods did not deliver for you on this Black Friday, probably because it's no longer Black Friday. They needed to play a little bit earlier. Yeah. Oh, Justin, I feel for you. But our dubs did win. Yeah. That, I mean, they, they got a good win. They Essentially, they you know the Jazz made a run in the second half, but they never really you know got that close. You know they took the lead actually, but I mean once once the Warriors got the lead back and kind of extended it, it was over from there. So it's a good win against a, a good team. This the Jazz have been a good road team this year too. So great a win. very good team win, really good team win For sure. all around. Um, so, yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into the game, and then we can talk about individual players. But, I mean, just for the most part, the 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 the, the main six that you need to play well <laughs> mm-hmm. played well tonight, right? For sure. Yeah, they, they defended well in the first half, especially the Jazz kind of 
were on the, the bad end of shooting variants. They just didn't hit a lot of shots in the first half. They started to hit them in the second half. But, um, yeah, everybody did the job they're supposed to do. I mean, Splash Bros combined for, combined for 12 threes. Both of them are pretty much at 50% from three in this game. Jordan finally came along, even though his shots still come along, his three-point shots still come along. But other than that, he played a really complete game, moving the ball, scoring when he needed to. Um, Draymond's just doing what he does, just complete, um, you know, impacting the game without putting up a bunch of numbers in the stat sheet, even though he did fill the stat sheet up a little bit. Looney, monster on the boards. It was just, yeah, good all-around win. And, you know, that's all you can ask for at this point. Jermichael Green with eight tonight? He had he, – he was finished. I mean, they were just setting him up. It was pretty much essentially wide open layups. But he did have two where he was in traffic, and he dunked on Walker Kessler, who was a pretty good shot blocker, um, the rookie from, from Utah. So he was playing with a lot of force today, still waiting for him to hit a, another three. I think he hit he one He did hit one game. in the last game. Yeah. yeah still waiting for him to kind of get his three-point shot together, but – Cause it's looking like he's just shooting it and he don't know if it's going to go in or not. Like he's just kind of, um, you know, <laughs> just hoping it goes in, but yeah, everybody, everybody, I can't really say anybody had a, a subpar game. Only eight minutes for lamb tonight. Yeah. Um, I think that's just how, how, how it went. It wasn't necessarily other. He wasn't playing great, but I don't think he was necessarily playing terrible. He did miss like a few rotations. He was kind of like out of position, and Draymond had to get on him. But other than that, I think the the guys were just playing well. Um, so they just played them extended minutes. And you know, as you can see, Kaminga had 13 minutes instead of his normal like six. So he got that second rotation that Lamb would probably usually get. And he, you know, he played well. He didn't he didn't take a shot, but. He did all the little things, screening hard, rolling, attacking the glass on both ends, just being active and, you know, doing all the things that Curry likes to see. So he got that second rotation. 25 minutes for Jordan tonight. 20 minutes for Dante. Um, <laughs> so how, I was going to say something smart and then I decided not to. Um but I might come back to it. Um, how, like in the in the in Dre's post game after the last game, I think it was his post game. I don't know, but he talked a lot about you know the need like to kind of like get Jordan set up in that second unit and um, essentially, and like that would be like a focus for him. Um, do you think that at all is, I mean, because, I mean, Dre's been now with that second unit now for the last couple of games, but do you think that's part of what's helping Poole to to play better? I mean, you thought he was a little in his head anyway. Both. Um, he's definitely helping him out. This game in particular, you see a lot of screen handoffs, rescreen, just to kind of get the mismatch that Jordan needs. And then he can play his full game. He doesn't have to worry about, like, setting other guys up and all that type of stuff. Like, he knows Draymond's going to take care of that, and the offense is going to take care of that. And a lot of the times, the offense is designed for Jordan to get a shot. Um, so you saw Draymond being able to bring the ball up the court, get the ball up quick, and get them into their sets, those sets that in particular are designed for Jordan to shoot. And they did that plenty of times um, tonight, and he got a lot of good shots, mid-ranges, pull-ups, um, stuff like that. But as as you can see, 
or as you saw, like in the game where he hit his first three, he started looking at his hand um, and then he missed, I want to say his next, I don't know, however many. And then he finally hit one again in the second half and he kind of threw his hands up like finally, you know, that's how you that kind of lets you know, like he's thinking about it, like thinking about missing shots and how it's kind of getting to him a little bit. So I'll definitely say, you know, Draymond was needed. That insertion of Draymond was needed in the second unit to get Jordan going. And then he also has to just get out of his own head and just play his game and trust the work that he puts in. But he looks happier tonight, better body language. For sure. And, and I mean, he had a better game, you know, just like last part I said, I feel like that that bad body language is directly tied to him not playing up to the standard that he set for himself. And he had a much better game uh, tonight. And, you know, his body language is much better. So once he plays even better, he'll be even happier. You know what I mean? So I, I never really bought into him being upset because he's not starting and stuff like that. Like maybe he is, but I don't think it's, he'll be demonstrative to this demonstrative with it. Like, I don't think that's the case with him, you know? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price. Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay. Um, I think every episode until I see more Moody, I'm going to talk about the fact that we don't see Moody because her <laughs> said some bullshit today. Did you, or was it, I don't know if it was today, but did you see how he was just like, oh, well, he said the fouling and his turnovers. And so that's what's keeping him out the rotation. He said that before. I don't know if, was that the same no, excerpt or he said it again? He doubled down on it. Yeah. Yeah, I think Moody will end up playing later on in the season, or like he'll be, he'll get a rotation spot later on in the season when he gets a shot and shows that he can do, you know, the things that he can do. But again, I mean, it's just tough. They have so many perimeter players. It's tough for Moody to crack that rotation. He would essentially have to take Dante's spot, and um, it's up there. I mean, if they're going to put Draymond in the second unit, the the need for Dante is kind of like lowered a little bit as far as somebody that can. You know, just keep the offense flowing and be that, you know, be that kind of point for that second unit. Uh, but Dante did have a, a pretty good game today. He plays defense. He plays passing lanes well. But I don't see anything that he's doing that Moody can't do. Um, it's just a matter of, like, if Dante's playing well, then there's really no reason to other than – Yeah, there's no reason to disrupt that other than Moody's development, like prioritizing Moody's development. Um, so, and at this point, I don't think Steve is like prioritizing development over any vets right now after what happened in the beginning of the season. Uh, so it's, it's just going to be tough for Moody to crack the rotation. It is, it is what it is, but it's, it's just unfortunate for him. When, and if Andre does come back, where is he going to fit in? Um, that's a good question. Maybe he'll take some of Lamb's minutes, uh, Maybe some of Jamichael, depending on how Jamichael's playing, because you know you can just always just slide Draymond up, and Andre has no issue getting down low and and banging with some of the bigger players. Uh, so I don't think he'll be like a consistent ten minute a game guy. Whenever he plays, he'll probably get one rotation and see how that looks, and maybe he'll get a second one depending on how the game is going. 
but not really sure if he'll be like a consistent fixture in the in the rotation anyway in the lineups. But to the extent Lamb provides spacing, they lose some of that with Andre coming back on the floor, right? Potentially. Uh, he said his shot's feeling good. We'll see how he how he shoots the ball. <laughs> like we know Andre's like he's streaky. Like he can hit a few and he's super smart. So he's he's one of those guys where okay, you you don't play me at the three, then he does a lot of the things that Draymond does with the handoffs and he can attack a closeout and stuff like that, even if it's a weak closeout. So uh I have no issues with Andre being out there, you know. No, I certainly don't either. I'm just like I can't remember. Did we have like lineups in the past with Andre and Dre? I'm sure we did, but I'm trying to think about like the other personnel on the court. Um, you mean like the non, the the before KD came? Yeah. Yeah, I mean it was always it was Steph, Clay, and Harrison that were the the spacers. But as far as like the death lineup goes, um, yeah, and that's people don't really realize like we talk they talk about like how the Warriors offense was just so loaded always but it really was just I mean, first and foremost Steph creating creating a lot of um havoc for the other team and then Clay his you know his shooting his spacing as well is just two all-time great shooters just kind of carrying a bad spacing lineup with just like shot making and stuff like that so people don't realize how much they covered up that's why I'm like people Warriors were never that deep. And also, they, they were never this, I don't know. They were not. I said they, they, they had a really great defense. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I was, I was going to say they were, they were deep in a different way than people like to. Typically, you associate depth with, like, a bunch of people who can score or a bunch of people that can fill the stat sheet. They, they've been deep in terms of, like, a bunch of defenders, you know, a lot of wings, a lot of people that can – pass and just do the role player stuff and then they've just offensively been carried by Steph and Clay to an extent for the entirety of the dynasty other than obviously the KD years it just it it boosted the the offense up to match that defense and then other than that it's been establishing a baseline of a top five top three defense in the league and then you got Steph to you know provide all the offense that you essentially need to win uh, at the highest level. Where do you think ultimately this defense is going to be this year? Top 10 at the end of the season, for sure. Whether they creep up into the top five, they're going to have to go on a crazy run, similar to the one they went to, they went on at the beginning of last season. Um, And it's going to have to be like a month to two months of them being essentially a top three defense in the league by a comfortable margin for them to rise up. But I do think when the playoff starts, if they have, you know, the pieces that they need, essentially adding one more front court player for the bench. I think going into the play postseason, they, they should be a top five defense, like at least. Yeah. That, that's what I was going to say. I don't really care how they finish. Excuse me. Sorry. Overall for the year. But do you think like, that was really more my question. Like, do they have the ability to play like a top five defense, like for the postseason and guess? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we know the starters do. So that's essentially um, at least 24 minutes, you know, the first quarter and the third quarter. You know, that's at least 24 to 30 minutes of elite defense from them. Um, The question is, 
outside of that, when they go to their bench, stuff like that, do they do they have enough to be an elite defense in the playoffs? And I do think they need one more piece for that. Um, like I said, a front court player, but they got all the other pieces that they need, you know. Um, so yeah, we just wait on that on that extra piece. I think. Yeah, there was some more Jay Crowder rumor, rumors again. So we'll see, I guess, um, who that extra piece might be if they do something. Um, I've always sort of been doubtful about the Warriors making any kind of like, to me, if you were adding a player like Jay Crowder or if they go after Pirtle or someone else, um, that's that's that would be a significant move for the Warriors to do midseason because they don't typically do stuff like that. So, but this is the first year I think it could actually happen. So it's going to be interesting to see since that's not something they typically do. Yeah. Yeah. They haven't made a significant trade since 2020 when they got Wiggins. Um, I can't remember the trade they made in 2021. I think they just got Wanamaker off the books for just a future draft pick or something. Yeah. And they've been, and they've never done it in a year where they're actually like contending. You know, it's like right. the Wigs year was not gonna be a year that we were competing for anything. So um yeah, it'll be interesting to see. All right, let let's break here. We have some more to talk about. You're tuned into Golden Spaces with Nat and Justin. So we'll be right back. 